The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum, and we are giving you our next edition of the Mailbag Show here on the Chris and Joe Show. Another handful of great questions from our listener listeners that we got from our Facebook page, as well as our Instagram. Remember, folks, if you want to send us any of your questions, you can send us directly to our email bigblueview at gmail.com but it seems to be that the reoccurring best method is sending it directly to our Facebook page or to our Instagram account you can also direct message us on Twitter at bigblueview at Joe DeLeon and at RaptorMKII anything you want to know we will gladly answer it in terms of personnel and also for the NFL draft first question that we have here from Rick Albanese, apologize if I'm saying that wrong already, and it is a draft-related question. Kalevion uh, Chason, LSU outside linebacker, seems to be rising up draft boards. I think he is going to kill the combine. That's a very uh, smart insight that you have there. What are your thoughts, and do you see a scenario where the New York Giants might trade down and take Chason? Well, Chason, like you said, is probably going to be a workout warrior. He is very, very athletic, and we tend to see these SEC outside linebacker edge players being very, very athletic and having good performances at the combine. But it is worth noting that you do need to be careful with guys like that, especially as an outside linebacker and an edge rusher, because sometimes they might be freak athletes, but that might not really translate to football skills. Some of the things that have been said about Chase on is that you're not 100% sure what you're getting because he hasn't been entirely consistent. He's incredibly athletic, but you don't know for sure if it's all going to come together. And I think that a lot of personnel decision makers in the NFL are a bit wary when they decide to select LSU defensive players like Chase on. Just because there have been a number of players that have fallen off and have been busts despite being really, really athletic. I could see that, though, in the middle range. Um, I wouldn't see him getting taken any higher than 15. Yeah, I could see him maybe going a little bit higher just because 
of what the edge class looks like after Chase Young, because it really is Chase Young and then everybody else. The combine could put Chasen kind of by himself in that second tier, although it wouldn't surprise me if Julian Okwara, maybe another guy like uh, Terrell Lewis out of Alabama, they got those guys really show out at the combine and boost their own stock as well. But it did appear to me as though Jason was starting to put some things together at the end of last year, or at the end of this year, rather. Production-wise, he had a, over his last five games, he had one tackle for a loss against Arkansas. Then he had a tackle, one and a half tackles for a loss and a sack and a half against Texas A&M. Then he had, then he had a tackle for a loss and a sack against Georgia, which, you know, they've we know they've got a good offensive line. Then he had two and two against Oklahoma. And even though he didn't really get on the board against Clemson, he had himself a good game. He was a consistent threat off the edge. So it looked like maybe he was starting to put some things together, starting to really figure out how to use those tools he has. Because he is a long guy. I believe he's listed at six foot five and he looks it. And he is kind of a little bit of a leaner pass rusher. He does have that a little bit more outside linebacker build than maybe a traditional defensive end build. And he does have that ability to kind of drop back and actually play in coverage, not just drop back and maybe hope to confuse an offensive lineman every now and then. He's got an intriguing toolbox. And if he is starting to really put things together and figure out how to use his physical tools, then I could see teams maybe taking a chance on him somewhere between 10 and 15 just because pass rushers get drafted highly. They get, at times, overdrafted. Now, as for the second part of that, maybe the Giants trading back, well, let's just assume the Giants do trade back. That is in their, that is on the menu for them. I could see them potentially trading back to, say, ninth with Jacksonville and maybe getting the pick there perhaps maybe even trading back with the and this is going to be weird for a long time Las Vegas Raiders and perhaps picking him at 12th maybe maybe even the Colts at 13th if they really want to move up for a quarterback that would net them some additional picks that they could use elsewhere on the line or elsewhere on their team the other thing, too, that you have to consider with Chase on is, is he really a fit? Now, understandably, he's athletic, he's long, he's a good pass rusher, and Patrick Graham is going to be implementing a multiple 4-3 defense, so that means you're going to get a lot of different looks. Does he work, though, in most situations? I don't really think he can play as a 4-3 defensive end, so then you do have to work him as a linebacker. Is he, Does he have that skill set to play as an outside linebacker? He's very different in the case of Isaiah Simmons because Isaiah Simmons is an outside linebacker that has the versatility to rush, rush the passer if you need him to. He can blitz. He can play safety. He can even cover guys in the slot. Chason is not like that. He is an athletic edge rusher who probably won't be playing defensive end for you. Can he make that transition to pretty much mostly an outside linebacker that is off the line of scrimmage? Maybe you could put him up on the line of scrimmage in various packages. I don't fully know if if that would really work out. And the other thing too with these LSU players, it's the case with 
with Grant Delpit. Uh, it's, heck, I would even say it's also the case with guys like Thaddeus Moss. They have a lot of really athletic, talented, highly recruited players on their team, but do their athletic traits fully translate to inevitable success in the NFL? We don't really know that for sure. And we've previously discussed Grant Delpit in the safety show. And one of the things we said, and this works for all of them, is they had up and down inconsistent times during the season. So what are you really getting when you face them up against the the more talented guys when they can't just win with their athleticism? Are you actually getting a prospect that can develop into not only a starter, but a defensive stud? Because it's one thing to get a starter in the first round. You can very well get yourself a starter at any position in the first round. You want to try and hit on get somebody that's going to be above average to potentially in the in the top 15 at their position. That's, that's being overly optimistic, but you, you can't really just bank on getting someone that's going to start. Yeah, definitely. And I will say if there's one position where you do want to shoot for athleticism, it would be the defensive edge, the edge rusher, because there really is a very strong correlation between athleticism and success. It is very rare to have guys like Marcus Golden, who are able to finish their rushes and get sacks while not being athletic. It is, you know, obviously, you have, there is an art to it that knowing how to set blockers up, how to use your hands, how to time your hands and feet. But you also have to be an athlete because you're giving up a lot of size and potentially a lot of length to an offensive tackle. And you have to make that up somewhere. And being the better athlete is how you do it. So generally, guys who are great athletes are going to be going to be more likely to be successful pass rushers, all other things being equal. Now, with Chasen, do you bet on that production at the end of the year and hope he is putting things together? And you know, maybe you're going to get a, D- a Daniil Hunter type player. Or do you go to the opposite end of the spectrum from LSU and maybe wind up with Arden Key, who, you know, you bet on the athleticism there, but you wind up getting three sacks in two years. Our next question from Adam Zenzer is, with this draft being so deep at offensive line, would it be better to wait on offensive line and go either edge rusher, linebacker, cornerback in the first round? So, This question is asking, would it be better to wait to take a lineman in the later rounds, maybe early on in the second round with that early second round pick and address some of the other issues? I honestly would not be adverse to this strategy. And I I believe a previous mailbag question allowed me to kind of touch on this already. And I had said that the interesting thing about this tackle class, especially right now, we'll understand more where certain guys fit later on, is that we don't know exactly for sure who those best guys are going to be in this class. It's there's no one that's significantly better than the others. So there's a chance that one or two guys slip into the early second round that happened last year. There were a couple guys that went in the second round that were starters for their teams. They weren't studs, but they ended up being starters. That's exactly what you'll be looking for. So I think that if someone does end up start to slide 
into the second round, I would not be adverse to them doing that. There seems to be a lot more top-end talent specifically with not other position groups, just certain guys. So Okuda is somebody that if he's available, you take that chance because you don't really know if it's worth spending a pick later on on a corner. Isaiah Simmons being available, you're not going to get anyone like him that's going to fill his defensive role. It might be better off in your best interest to take one of those guys and then see what happens in the second round because, again, there very well could be plenty of options for you to either take a right tackle or a number of the centers that we've talked about that are going to be in that second round range. The other thing to consider is what happens in free agency, which we we will be touching on in a little bit. But it's possible the Giants might not have that real pressing need at offensive tackle when the fourth overall pick comes around. And at that point, I would say just trust your board. Do your homework in the now, in the months leading up to the draft. And then on draft night, you instead of just getting cute, trust your board. If you have a guy like Isaiah Simmons or Jeffrey Okuda or perhaps even a wide receiver rated more highly than one of the top offensive tackles, go there instead of maybe reaching for a need that might not be a need. And yeah, you kind of have to cross your fingers and hope that maybe a top center like uh, Biotish or Cushenberry falls to you at the top of the second round. Who knows? Maybe, maybe one of the top tackles, something happens and they fall you never quite know how the draft board is going to shake out and teams that try to game the draft board usually wind up losing we have two more questions to answer here on the mailbag show but before we get to them we're going to take a very short commercial break support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Our next question from Stacy Tree Duvila probably said that wrong again. Terrible with pronouncing names. His question is: With the O line still needing work, do you sign premium free agents or trade back for more picks and build the O line that way? Well, we just partially answered this. One, you don't really need to trade back because in the beginning of that second round, there's still very good potential for you to get a quality, talented tackle. In terms of signing free agents, yes. I I honestly would say yes to the whole question. There's no one thing or the other. 
Jack Conklin is somebody that we've discussed in saying he's young. You pay him a decent salary. He's had some injury problems, but still you pay him, you bring him in. He's your right tackle. Then you can draft a guy like Biotish if he's in a, ends up being there in the second round, or if you trade back and accumulate some extra picks and maybe you have a, a, a pick in that 15 to 20 range that gives you the opportunity to take uh, uh, Tyler Biotish. There's a number of different ways to go, but the only way to answer this question is in any opportunity that you have to have to take an offensive lineman, you need to take one because that is still the most glaring issue that has held back the New York giants over the past few years with a young rookie quarterback going into his second year in Daniel Jones, who we saw get hit a ton, just draft as many offensive linemen as possible because eventually some of the older guys like Nate Solder, like Kevin Zeitler, they're not going to be around for very long. So maybe you take a couple too many. One guy doesn't play. One guy sits. He continues to develop, and eventually he can step in and play. Yeah, I would say the answer to this question is yes. I am absolutely on board with pursuing Jack Conklin, assuming he hits the free agent market. I, I think he should be a very high priority for the Giants, assuming he hits the free agent market. And then with the draft... Unless a miracle happens and Chase Young happens to slip, you know, say both Washington and Detroit slide back or trade back, and somehow Chase Young is sitting there at fourth overall, at which point I do backflips to the podium to turn in the card. Unless that happens, my my preferred option is trading back because just get more bites of the more bites of the apple, more pieces of pie, whatever food based metaphor you want to use I, I might be a little bit hungry right now but trading back maximizes the value of your pick and then you get more picks more players you can expect to be contributors right away to step in and build the offensive line now and have a pipeline of talent for the future you know, maybe you do draft a guard highly even though you've got will hernandez and kevin zeitler Hernandez only has two years left on his rookie deal. Kevin Zeitler only has two years left on his deal, and he becomes cuttable after this year. So if age starts to catch up to him, if injuries start to pile up, if you have another guard capable of starting, developing into a starter, maybe that does make it so you can just part ways with Kevin Zeitler, save yourself some cap room, and have a guy sitting right there. Maybe you do get a start a yeah, maybe you do get a center capable of starting and that way you don't have to rely on Spencer Pulley or hope John Jalapio's Achilles is better by the time the season rolls around and that he somehow also improves so just to circle back yes sign a good free agent and trade back if if possible our final question from Ben Whopperer and this one is related to Jack Conklin. He is asking, what are your thoughts on Jack Conklin? Simple enough. I'm a fan of Jack Conklin. And when, when the Giants missed out on being able to draft him because the Titans took him a few picks before them, I was honestly very upset because he seemed like a surefire player that could step in and contribute right away. He ended up being an all-pro player in his rookie season, if I'm correct. And he's going to be 26 at the time that he is a free agent. Now, the the big thing that you need to be aware of is he obviously has 
injury issues. He's missed significant time. He's had some serious issues with his knee. He's had issues with his shoulder. He's played two, uh, three seasons rather, three full seasons. And then in 2018, he only played in nine games. So he might have been available for all those games. His performances weren't as good as you would have hoped because like any offensive lineman, they're going to try and play through that pain if they can. We saw that with Zeitler, and Zeitler had some performances that weren't that great because he was trying to play through pain with his upper body and his and his shoulder. So bringing him in would have effectively be to the extent of what you're getting with Kevin Zeitler. You're getting a talented, very fundamentally sound tackle. He's 6'6", over 300 pounds. He's going to come in, uh, you know, lunch pail mentality, hardworking guy, not overtly outgoing but you obviously need to be aware of his injury history because you could spend a lot of money on someone offering him a five-year deal and get limited time out of him. He's, he's He is probably one of the highest risk-reward players in free agency this year because you either get an all-pro right tackle or you get a guy that doesn't even play. Yeah, that's it. Almost exactly. I think it's a risk the Giants almost have to take, which is something i kind of hate saying the the phrase i can't afford not to do it that really isn't a business plan that's a that's a plot for an i love lucy episode but with conklin he will probably be the he will probably be the best offensive lineman on the free agent market assuming he hits the free agent market he is young he is athletic he should still be athletic despite the injuries he's got basically you hit the nail on the head he's got every athletic tool physical tool you could ask for from a sorry from an offensive tackle you know i i remember doing a scouting report back in 2016 and being honestly surprised at the combine at how athletic he was turning a five second 40 broad jumping almost nine feet strong long arms you know 35 inch arms his arms are longer than my legs there is a lot to like with conklin but those injuries are something you do have to reconcile with. You know, is he going to pass your medical exams? How much faith do you put in him to stay healthy? Because he doesn't do your team any good if he's on the training table. But is that a risk you have to take? And to circle back with what we were discussing about taking multiple offensive tackles, I I think that you do have to take that risk like you pointed out in bringing him in because right now you don't have many other viable options. You bring back Mike Remmers. Well, how is that going to work out for you? They, they at least need to do their due diligence in looking into Conklin and at least offering him a contract and seeing what he's willing to work with. But if you do bring him in and you're worried about his potential injury situation, that is where you decide to take a player that is a, a developmental right tackle and maybe Conklin is unavailable for continuous amounts of time you could still have someone that can step in that is young maybe not as polished but continue to develop him if Conklin is available you allow him to sit and and just get better if he is a huge developmental prospect that's gonna be it from us folks thank you for tuning in to yet another mailbag show where we'll be coming at you next Friday yet again be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you listen to us and also follow us on social media on instagram and twitter big blue view and you can follow chris and i on twitter at joe de Leon and at 
Raptor MKII. We'll be coming at you on Tuesday with more content likely related to the NFL Combine. And then, like I said, be sure to send us any questions that you have that you want featured on the mailbag. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.